Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, Greetings from Sagertown, Pennsylvania, our church to yours. Uh, I was just kind of getting a good chuckle this morning because Mike asked me, uh, you know, to tell them, go back and tell them thank you for letting uh, us borrow you for the day. And I said, oh, they're always glad to get rid of me. And then I said, wait a second, that didn't come out right. Um, I am grateful to be here with you this morning. And so today we're actually going to be in Psalm 55. So I would encourage you to grab your Bibles. That's the primary text where we'll be settled today. And if you remember me from last time, maybe you do, maybe you don't. It's okay if you don't. Uh, Last time we did talk a little bit about bees, but we were also in another Psalm. So here's how it works for me as I do pulpit supply. And as I travel all through this Western PA district, I continue to do the next psalm and the next psalm and the next psalm, trusting that the Lord will be faithful and good to us to speak to you today through the power of his spirit in this psalm. This is, this is no accident that we're in Psalm 55 today from a God who's all-knowing and who has a plan. This is, this is where he has us this morning, so I'm excited uh, to be there with you. You'll see a picture up on your screen as we get ready to dive into this text, uh, it's a fly fishing picture. Oh yeah, there it is. Okay. Now, um, I like to fly fish. I lived up in Erie for almost 15 years. And before I moved to Erie, I lived in Grove City and I was raised in Sharon. And one of the things we always loved to do was come up this way for steelhead fishing. Some of you are like, yes, that's the, we're known for that. That's a thing. Okay, now I didn't fly fish as a boy because this is my tale to tell. Uh, my dad wasn't a fisherman, but my grandpa was, and my grandpa would take me all the time, and he'd teach me how to fish. And the thing I could never get was this idea of casting. I just could not wrap my little mind around it. So one day, grandpa took me out. He took me out to a pond, and he said, Sean, I'm going to show you how to cast. You do it like this. And he showed me, and he said, now you try it. I said, all right, Grandpa, so I'm going to do it. And I threw the pole, not into the water. No, I actually held on to it. I have lost a few fishing poles that way too, but I held on to it this time. But then what I saw um, out in the pond was I saw my grandfather's hat splash in the water. And these words, I'll never forget. I heard them from behind me. He said, Emil, that's my middle name, by the way. It's also his name. I'm named after my grandpa. He said, Emil, you're special. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, grandpa. Yeah, I, I know. Okay, great. Okay, that was a rough start for me learning how to cast. Okay, I have a cousin that works for Orvis. Does anybody know who or the okay, big fly fishing, fly tying company. They have guides. He's one of their certified guides. So fast forward into my college years, I've never fly fished, but I have this cousin that works for Orvis and I can't, I can't afford him for an hour, let alone a half day or full day. Cause it's really expensive to, to be guided by one of these certified, uh, fly fishing teachers. He says, come with me. I'll show you how to do this. And I'm like, is it free? And he's like, yes. I'm like, okay, I'm there. I'm coming. So he teaches me the art of the cast. And it was ugly. You ever see a whip crack? That shouldn't happen when you're, when you're fly fishing. I mean, I'm, I'm shooting this 
fly so hard this the rod is coming out of out of its joint you know and it's falling apart and he's like you got to slow down man you're just you're all over the place it was awful and he said just watch me do it for a little bit and i watched and i was just it was like it was beautiful it's like oh my goodness he really knows what he's doing he he's practiced this he's done this before somebody showed him how to do this and he was good. He would say, do you see that little, you see that little ripple over there about 25 yards? Watch this. And he'd drop that fly right in this little ripple. And you'd see these trout come up and just pound it. And he would reel them in. And I'd be like, yeah, that's what I want to do. Um, wasn't that easy for me. I still have a hard time casting. I think I'm a fly fisherman, but I still have a hard time to this day. Uh, if you ever are on any of the streams and you see lots of flies up in the trees, you know, all wrapped up and tied in there, those are mine. Just to, if you could clip them out, you can mail them to me. I'll leave my address here. It's not a huge deal. I've probably spent way more money in flies than I ever need to. But this morning, we're going to talk about casting our burdens on the Lord. And that idea of casting, maybe maybe this intro is not too far removed from what the idea is to cast our burdens on the Lord. Maybe some of us this morning, maybe if we really reflect on this a little bit, maybe we'll conclude, I need to learn a little bit more of what it looks like to cast my burden on Him. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not as good at that as I thought. Maybe I need to look to some others and see how they're casting and, and really watch and observe and learn and gather so that I too can learn to cast my burdens well on the Lord. So this morning you'll see in Psalm 55, there's a, a brief introduction and the introductions are always important. They give us context. And this one left me high and dry because it doesn't really give us the context. The last few chapters that I've preached in the Psalms, they're very detailed of the exact moment in history. There's an actual narrative behind the Psalm that you could flip back in the Old Testament and you could read it and you could say, oh, that makes sense why David is in this place. Oh, I, I guess I never saw it that way, but I'll go back and I'll read it and I'll understand. Well, here it's a little bit different because it says as, as the intro in 55 is to the choir master with stringed instruments, a masculine of David. No historical moment to place our finger on. We can make a few educated guesses, which I, I'll still make an educated guess here. Um, what some theologians think this is all about in Psalm 55. But I can't really say with, with certainty that it is. So here, it's, it's just, it's giving us a directive. This is something that would have been, it would have been sung. So it says, hey, you're gonna need your stringed instruments. You guys that were up here playing your stringed instruments, that was awesome, by the way. Thank you for leading us in worship this morning. But that's the call. Get your stringed instruments. And this will be a mass skill of David. And so what this means, this idea of a mass skill, they throw uh, a lot of ideas around as to what that means. It, it basically boils down to this. It's a teaching song. It's a song that you're going to sing. And, and we, as the audience reading through this this morning, we need to perk up and listen because there's something to learn here. These songs have intent and purpose that we would know the living God. 
that we would see in the midst of our difficulties that he is good and he is faithful. And so as we teach through Psalm 55, I'm not going to sing through it. I'm not going to do that to you this morning. But as we teach through it, let's look to the God who is faithful and the God who is good in these verses. So let's go right down through them. We'll actually break it up. I love the Psalms because a lot of the times they're broken up for us already. And you'll see these natural breaks. You'll see the word Selah that'll break up sections. And that's when we're told we really should pause and think, think about this. Meditate on this section now. And so we'll actually break up the Psalm by its structure that was given to us. We'll read through them. We'll say a few things. The points are going to be so simple. You're going to be like... This guy drove up from Sagertown to give us those three simple points. And the answer is, yes, I did. Because sometimes it's the simple truths that we need the most. They're the ones that we really need reminded of. They're the ones that we need to hold fast to in the middle of our difficulties. So they are simple truths, but I pray that they would encourage you this morning. So let's read the opening here of Psalm 50. Five. Here's what it says in verse one. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint and I moan because of the noise of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. For they drop trouble upon me and in anger they bear grudge against me. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me and horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness, in the wilderness, say la. Here's where I'd like to go with you in these first opening verses is this simple idea that we need to identify what the burden is. This is really important, I think, because sometimes we get ourselves into a place and we feel the mounting pressure. We start to feel overwhelmed. We feel the, the pending anxiety or the stress levels are just through the roof. And it's affecting a lot of different areas of our lives. And, and we're not really able sometimes to pinpoint where this burden is at. What is it? Is it one thing? Is it accumulative? Is it multiple things? And here in these opening verses for David, I hope you can, you can see it in the words that he's using. He's using words like anguish. I'm in horror. I'm trembling. And then look at the end of the verses. What's his response? And this is a very, I think this is a very human response. He's like, I would like to get out of here. If I had wings, I'd fly away. That's, have you ever felt like that before? Have you ever been in a situation like that? When it's just so much pressure, there's so much going on, you would rather just remove yourself from the situation. If you were a bird, you'd fly away. And that's what David is saying in this moment. Whatever he's going through, this is a heavy burden that's been placed on him. And so we do have to ask the question, is there a historical narrative with David where he feels the heavy weight of a burden? Now, there's way too many to cover here. David's life is riddled with these kinds of burdens where he feels like every time he looks behind his shoulder, somebody is after him. Somebody is seeking his life. Someone is ratting him out. He's going to hide and they say, no, 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 he's over here. Come get him. Everywhere he goes, he feels like people are against him. 
the one narrative that, that theologians have settled on, though, there's this one story in David's life that it, it seems highly likely. And you'll get it when we jump into the next section, because this is a kind of heartbreak that comes when somebody really betrays you, turns their back on you, someone close that you love and that you admire. And, and this is that kind of heartbreak and burden that I think David is bearing. And it has to do with his own son. All right. So if you ever want to look it up, you can go back into the Old Testament. You can check it out. But it's the story of Absalom. His own son seeks to steal the throne. They're, they're trying to undermine uh, David and his kingship. And it's not just that, but one of David's trusted counsel or advisors. I'll see if I can do the name right. Ahithophel. He's, he's trust, he's trusted. It's like, this is my go-to guy for advice. He's like the executive pastor. (laughs) Mike, we love you, by the way. That's a hard job to, to, you know, be the, the mover and shaker. That's, it's an important role though, but you trust everything with them to go and do it. Right. And so this is, this may be the moment, but that individual, he jumped ship. Ahithophel jumps ship and he helps out Absalom to undermine David. And that, that's got, that's kind of, that hurts, right? Someone you trust, someone you love and they, and they abandon you and not just abandon you, but they undermine you. They make, they make your situation worse. They're trying to take away your livelihood or your health. This may be the instance. I can't, I can't say for sure, but it's one that, that has been thrown around to say, maybe this is where David is coming from. It's really important for us to identify this burden. First Peter 5, 6, and 7, it says this. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. In this verse, I think we're identifying something very specific. Anxiety, right? Now, that that plays out in different ways for each of you. Did you know, by the way, that the last survey that was performed, and it was by the World Health Organization... It is estimated that anxiety is up 25% globally after COVID. 25% increase of the struggle with anxiety and depression is part of that for many individuals. So what is it for you? What's, What's the burden? What's the thing that's dragging you down? It's weighing you down. It's got you in a place where like David is and, and you need to cry out and, and plead to the living God. It's got you in a place where you would rather avoid it. You'd rather fly away. That might be a good indicator for you. Some of it is that it is a, a loss of relationship for you. Or maybe for some others, it's a financial struggle or burden. You just see the bills mounting up and you just don't know how you'll see your way through it. While for some of us, it's going to be guilt and shame. The guilt and shame of the decisions we've made, our words we've used, the actions. It just mounts up on us. It it overwhelms us. It lingers there for us where it's always whispering in our ears. 
that we should have done better. We could have done more. Maybe that's your burden this morning. If something has come to your mind or it's been raised in your heart and you are, you are thinking about it right now, please don't avoid it. Don't take the flight. If the Holy Spirit has identified a burden in your heart this morning, let's, let's run to it right now. Let's, let's stay in this text and let's, let's confront this burden So let's read the next section of Psalm 55. So this is verses 8 through 19. It's Again, there's going to be a natural break here where we're told to pause and meditate with the word Selah. So here's what it says in verses 8 through 19. And this may help you uh, with that historical moment of his son uh, turning on him and his advisor turning on him. Maybe you'll hear some of that language used here where you'll say, maybe that is the moment. I would hurry to find a shelter from the raging wind and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, divide their tongues, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on its walls, and iniquity and trouble are within it. Ruin is in its midst. Oppression and fraud do not depart from its marketplace. For it is not an enemy who taunts me, then I could bear it. It is not an adversary who deals insolently with me, then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together within God's house. We walked in the throng. Verse 15. Let death steal over them. Let them go down to Sheol alive, for evil is in their dwelling place and in their heart. But I call to God and the Lord will save me evening and morning. And at noon, I utter my complaint and moan and he hears my voice. He redeems my soul and safety from the battle that I wage for many are arrayed against me. God will give ear and humble them. He who is enthroned from of old. Selah. This next point is going to be kind of an interesting one because it takes what David is going through and it kind of flips it on its head, okay? Because we can see that his burden is that someone that was close to him is the one that is causing him the most anguish and grief. And this next point is very simple. It's that we should share the burden. Now, David is receiving a burden from this individual, but this is where this morning I want you to hear this very simple truth. We need one another in the church. These burdens that have been given to us, that that are ours to bear, you know you don't have to bear them alone. That is gracious. And good from our Father to give us brothers and sisters. He is good to us. We have not been abandoned. He has not left us as orphans. We are not taking flight because we're by ourselves. As followers of Jesus, we have one another. We share the burdens. We need one another to navigate through this life together. So the question is this, if the Holy Spirit brought to your mind and heart this morning one of these burdens, one of these things that is weighing heavy on you, that is, that is, is really weighing you down, who are you going to talk to about it? Who are you going to share it with? 
Have you, have you been able to share it with anyone? There's been instances where uh, I've had people come up to me, and, and some, a lot of times it's a counseling moment, um, but sometimes other moments, and they share something, and you can you can watch you can watch the sigh of relief, and you can watch the tension in their shoulders literally fall off of them when they finally share it and they get it out there. When what was in the dark is brought to the light. The Lord is good to give you one another. Who are you going to talk to about this burden that you carry today? How about Galatians 6.2? We are to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This walking with one another, this is not optional for us as Christ followers. We are to walk in this manner regularly. Often, we need to find the people that we can share our burdens with. This fulfills the law of Christ. We truly do need one another. Uh, on Thursday, uh, it was the first day for the youth hunting season. I got a little guy. He's 10 years old. He's like somewhere in there. And then I got, I got a 14-year-old. He's like this. So it's kind of weird. I don't know how he got that tall. But my little guy, uh, he's never, he's never got a deer, but he got one. Okay. Yeah. It was crazy. We were going nuts. Um, he actually turned around and he's like, are you going to be okay, dad? I'm like, I'm going to be good. It's a good day. But we went out, you know, you got to take care of the deer. We're far from the truck. And I said, all right, bud, listen, here's the deal. I need you to get that deer over to the road. How are you going to do that? I mean, this deer is like three times his weight and size, right? Like, how are you going to do that? And he just looks at me like, I can't do that, dad. I'm not going to be able to do that. And I said, your brother's kind of a big guy. You want to ask him? So he said, hey, Austin, will you help me? And so the two of them are huffing and puffing. I said, take lots of breaks. Dad's going to go get some coffee at the truck. I'll be back in 30 minutes. <laughs> Seriously, I went, I went and got the truck. They, I was like, you guys got it. You'll, you'll get it to where you need to go. And I, and I, I finally get the truck. I pull it around to the road and they're like halfway there, but they're working on it. They're hard, but they're doing it together because alone he couldn't do it with his brother. This is possible. And then when I got there, he said, dad, are you ready? I said, let's do this. So I grabbed it. He said, dad, this deer's not very heavy because I'm pulling it with them. He said, it's pretty light, isn't it? I said, well, that's because your dad's doing most of the work. But, but listen, the burden is easier when we, when we share it. It's a little lighter when we do it together. That doesn't mean the burden goes away. It doesn't mean that, that that problem is solved in our lives or we're ready to just move through it. But what it does is it, it encourages us. It helps us to walk in obedience. And I think it reminds us that we are to remember who hears us. If you don't have that person yet in your life, cry out to the Lord to give you that person. Don't be afraid to ask for that person. You have elders here. You have staff here that you can talk to and say, hey, I'm looking for someone to walk with me. My burdens are heavy. I need, I need someone. I need somebody that will help me to remember who hears me. I need somebody 
to be the picture of Jesus that sometimes I'm having a hard time to see. And isn't that the, that's the beauty of it. This is what this fulfillment looks like is that when a brother or sister walks with me in my burden, I am seeing Jesus in them. I'm seeing the power of the spirit in and through them. And I get to rejoice because I haven't been abandoned. You aren't alone, by the way. You have not been abandoned to carry this burden on your own. Many of you may have read Pilgrim's Progress. It's one of my favorite. Uh, it's one of my favorites for sure. Uh, I, I have to always watch. I have to always remember like it's John Bunyan. One time I preached a sermon. I'm like, man, Paul Bunyan's book, Pilgrim's Progress. And they're like, who is this guy? Like, does, does he know what he's talking about? Okay, <laughs> Pilgrim's Progress. I, I love how kind of straightforward it is because everybody's name is actually where they're at. Like you have Christian, you have hopeful, you have legality, you have all, that's their names, but it's what they are, right? And so it's really cool. Here's Christian. If you ever saw uh, as a child, I remember before I read the book, there's this really cool cartoon that was the Pilgrim's Progress, but it was cartoon format. And this, uh, this cartoon, I, I could see Christian's burden. They did a great job. It was like bigger than him. And he's, he's struggling, you know, as he's going through this journey and it's just huge. And as a kid, I'm like, that's awful. That's how I feel uh, at school with all my books when I was real small. But it was just, you could tell it was, it was just beating him up. It was weighing him down. And this is a quote from the book of Pilgrim's Progress. And it says this, Just as Christian came up to the cross, his burden loosed from his shoulders and it fell off of his back and it began to tumble away. And so it continued to do that until it fell in and I saw it no more. Then was Christian glad and lightsome and he said with a merry heart, he hath given me rest by his sorrow and he has given me life by his death. Then he stood still for a while to look and to wonder, for it was very surprising to him that the sight of the cross should thus ease him of such a heavy burden. He looked, therefore, and he looked again, even till the springs that were in his head sent the water down his cheeks. We do need other people. Absolutely, we do. And in in Pilgrim's Progress, there's multiple key players that lead Christian along the way. They walk alongside him. They tell him, this is the path. You have to go through this gate. You need to, this is how we need to walk just as Jesus walked. We need to walk in obedience. There's these lovely individuals in this narrative. And what I love about all of it is that all of it is aimed back at Jesus. We need one another, but we need one another to aim each other to Christ. We will remember who hears us. 1 John 5.14 says this, And this is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. We can ask anything according to His will, and He will hear us. So let's pause for one moment, and let's ask Him for people to walk with us, to aim us to Jesus to share our burdens with. Let's just pause and ask him for that. Jesus, we need one another and you have been so good to give us our brothers and sisters. 
You have been so good to plant each of these people in this church. To do a work in them, to transform them, to make them more like you. As they bear one another's burdens, would they exalt your name? Would they always point back to you? We need to remember you, Jesus. You are the one who hears us and you are the one who transforms us and you are the one who will free us from all of our burdens. We praise your name. Amen. Let's read this last section together as we round out to the very end here. Here's what it says. Uh, This is like 19b. So 19, it's interesting because Selah actually breaks those two verses. But so this is the second part of 19. It says this, because they do not change and do not fear God. My companion stretched out his hand against his friends. He violated his covenant. His speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Verse 22 if you if you if you walk away with something today i pray that it's verse 22 cast your burden on the lord and he will sustain you he will never permit the righteous to be moved but you o oh god will cast them down into the pit of destruction men of blood and treachery shall not live out their days but i will trust in you cast your burden on the Lord. This is our last simple truth that we have together this morning. Cast your burden. I'll be the first to tell you I'm not very good at casting my burden. And I don't know what that is. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I have people in my life that are speaking into that, which to praise the Lord, I have people like that. But maybe you're one of these people Somebody that's like willing to just hold on to something even when it's hard. Yeah, anybody like that here? I see a few people nod and they're like, we hold on to things way longer than we should. Even the hurtful things, even the hard things, the difficult things. And then, and then when, when the Lord is good and he sees us through it and we finally get to the other side, we, we say something like, why in the world did I hold on to that so long? Well, why did I not live in this freedom that the Lord has offered to me? Why? Why did I why did I grasp that like it was mine when I should have casted that burden to the Lord? Here's what it says in Matthew eleven, twenty-eight to thirty. It says this, and these are Jesus' words. He says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, some of you are thinking, that's what I want. I want the light burden. Now, let's not, let's not avoid what Jesus's burden was in his life. Would you say, would you say that the burden of Paul was easy? Would you say that the burden of Stephen was easy towards the end of their life? No, there's, there's some hard things that will come our way. This is not saying you can give all the hard stuff to Jesus and your life will be perfect. That's not what we're saying at all. We're saying you can give him all of the difficulties and you can, like the psalmist David say, I will trust you with them. I will trust you that you will see me 
through this. I am not strong enough. I am not good enough. I cannot fix this. You are my source of strength. You are my source of comfort. If I'm to fly, I want to fly into your arms, Jesus. I want you to be in control of all of the burdens in my life. This is not some easy fix. The burdens are not easy. Burdens are often difficult. But what Jesus says is, you can be in a relationship with me. You can partner with me. He's the one who is good. We must trust him to take our burdens. We must trust him to see us through the difficulties of this life. Charles Spurgeon says it this way. I like this as as a wrap-up phrase. He says, what a comfort that we may have to be familiar with our God. We may not complain of him, but we can complain to him. We can cry out to him. We can say, Lord, this is hard. This is, this is hurtful. This is too much. And in his goodness, he's present with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And in his goodness, we partner with Jesus like in Matthew chapter 11, 28 to 30. He will see us through our burdens. Let's pray together as we close. Jesus, it's not just your work on the cross. We do need your sacrifice on the cross. We do need the shedding of blood for the forgiveness of sins. But we need you. We need you, Jesus. Because you are the one that sees us through our heavy burdens. And we have experienced the heaviest of burdens in our lives Shame, guilt, broken relationships, betrayal, abandonment, finances mounting up, struggles at our place of employment. We have experienced all of these things, but we have experienced a crushing burden, and it's called sin. And there is a blow that will be dealt to each of us, and it's called death, but you are the victor. You are the one who conquered sin and death, and we need you to... Forgive us. We need you to help us with that burden. That is a burden we cannot see our way through. Only you can, Jesus. That weight is too much. So, Lord, for many of us here, there is something that was uh, in our hearts or has come to mind. Lord, give us these people that can walk with us, that can... Share in our burdens that can aim us back to you. You are the one who has authored salvation. You are the one who will see it through. I pray that in Jesus' name.